Uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. Uh, we're going to read 1 through 7. Uh, it says, And after these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, saying, I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. Tell the stars if thou be able to number them. He said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the earth of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit. I want to bring you back to verse 6. It says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Righteousness is a word that you hear often. You will hear it um, on Sunday. You'll hear it on Wednesday. You'll hear it in Bible studies. You'll hear righteousness. What does righteousness mean? Nothing more than just being right with God. And isn't that what we all want? Do we want to be right with God? In verse 6, it says, he believed the Lord. Now, you've got to look and you've got to put yourself in the shoes of Abram. Abram, surely by this time, had tried to have children. And he could not. He looked around him. He saw himself getting older. He saw his wife getting older. The age of a woman to bear a child, she had passed that age. Abram was getting older. She was getting older. There is no way that he should have had a child. That window had closed. But when the Lord came and told him, the Lord said in this vision, in verse 4, when he asked, I don't have an heir. The only one is Eliezer of Damascus. He's the only one who would inherit everything I have. The Lord said in verse 4, this shall not be thine heir. But he shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. You're going to have a child, Abram. Amen. And he's going to come out of your own bowels. It's not going to be this, this heir. And he tells him, he said, look up at the sky. Look at the stars. That is going to be your seed. Those are going to be your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. And Abraham was looking up at the sky, looking at all those stars. And it said he believed God. 
He believed God. This thing just hit me this, uh, it just hit me so hard this week. About faith. About believing in the impossible. Because that is what faith is. That is what our walk with God is. That is what our relationship with God is. It is believing in the impossible. In, in Hebrews in one, Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the King James Version uses substance, and, and that can kind of get confusing, but it's, uh, what it basically means is it's, it, it's, it's the hope for things. It's believing in something that you cannot see. It's the confidence in something that's not there. Faith is believing where, where you don't see anything moving. It's, it's, it's believing in someone that's going to be saved and you don't see anything happening in their life. It's believing in a miracle that God is going to heal you and you feel terrible. That's faith. It's one thing if, if, if you're starting to feel better and you say, wow, I believe God's going to heal me. He's going to complete this healing. It's one thing when you're racked in pain and you say, God is a healer and I believe he's going to heal me. In Hebrews 11, it said, by it, the elders obtain a good report. If you read throughout the Bible, and I was explaining this to my young people, my children and, and the young people there on Sunday, I said, those stories that we read in the Bible are not just stories for kids to learn. They're to build your faith. It's to read about what the elders did, what Abraham did, what Noah did, moved by fear. He had never seen rain before. He didn't even know what a flood was. But God spoke to him and said, build an ark. And he did it. How many people must have looked at Noah and thought, you're crazy. What is he doing? This idea that water is going to fill the whole earth. But he went ahead and he did it. He had never seen rain before. But he moved with fear. He built an ark. Or, or, or just think about the children of Israel. When they, were, when they had crossed, when the Lord had delivered them. Right? They, they had left Egypt. And they were on their way out. And right before them was the Red Sea. And the Egyptians decided that they're going to follow after the children of Israel. What was going to happen? Right? On the one side, you have your enemy. On the other side, you have a large body of water. They can't swim. They can't get across. They can't make rafts to, to float across. What happens next? What happens next? Stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch. And the Lord performed something. He parted those waters. He performed the impossible. What could not be done. Parting the water to where they would walk on dry land. That's faith. You understand that's where our walk with God comes from? It begins right there by faith. 
It's believing in those things that are impossible. And this is where we're to live in serving the Lord. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans. The fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter and verse one. He says, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, I want to stop right there. And I want to talk about work. Because here... Paul is talking about works, right? He makes it pretty simple. If I go to work and I do a job, I expect to get paid for it, right? It's a pretty simple thought. You go work, you expect at the end of the day or the end of the week to get a, to get a check. This is spoken about, about throughout the Bible about works, about things that we do. as opposed to things that we believe. The children of Israel had works. They had things that they were supposed to do. They had sacrifices. They had um, ordinances, things that they had to perform and that they had to work. But none of that would save them. Understand, none of those works would save them. They had to believe like Abraham. They had to believe like Noah. They had to believe like Moses. Those works don't do anything for you. And the Lord has always brought me back to the works because I think that's where we see the church a lot of times. What begins as something of faith ends up turning and ends up becoming something else. It ends up being something that we do. What's supposed to be our walk of faith, what's supposed to be our confidence in God becomes something something completely different. It becomes something we do. It becomes something we work for. It becomes a position in the church. It becomes Sunday morning attendance. And I'm not, and, I'm, and, and you guys know, I'm not speaking against any of these things. But sometimes what happens is in our walk with God is we become defined by these things. Is that's what it's about. It's about showing up. It's about showing up on Wednesday. It's about showing up on Sunday. It's a work. It's something we do. But let me tell you something about work. I get tired of work. 
There are some days I, wanna, I don't want to go to work, <laughs> right? When church becomes a work to us, there are days when we don't want to go to church. It becomes a difficult thing for us to do because it's a work. It's not faith. It's not a relationship with God. It's not a desire to see God move that's bringing us to church. It's an obligation. Oh, I have to do it. I know that tomorrow morning I have to get up and at 6 o'clock I have to clock in at work and I have to work because I got a family I got to support. But some of us can feel the same way about church. Well, it's, it's time I got to go to church. I got, I got to do this. It's my obligation. I got to go to church. It becomes a work to us. It becomes something we do. We go to church Every Sunday, we go to church on Wednesday, we log in, whatever it is, we're watching on, uh, you know, uh, on Facebook Live, we're watching church, it's something I'm doing, I'm checking, you're saying, God, here I am, uh, I'm clocking in, it's my term, here's my punch card, I'm in, now I got some things for you to do, Lord, that's work, that's work, I've done my part, Lord, now you got to do your part. That's not how it works, church. It doesn't work that way. Our walk with God is about believing and trusting in God to do more and more. I don't have everything that I need. I have a brother right now that is sick, very sick. He needs a miracle, church. And I'm going to believe God for that miracle. Even though I don't see anything happening, I'm going to believe God for that miracle. I'm going to walk from faith to faith. I'm going to believe God for things that I don't even see on the horizon. Things that don't even look like they're brewing. I'm going to believe God for these things. That's what our walk with God is. And the reason we come to church is I need your support. I need your help. I need your encouragement. I need somebody to lift me up. I need to hear a word that lifts me up. This is not an obligation. This is not something that should we, we should feel like, here I go again. This is something we should want to come to. We should want to see how our brother is. We should care about what's going on. What's going on in pastor's home? What does he need? What is he struggling with? Sister, what are you struggling with? What are you struggling with? How can we be a help? How can we be assistance? That's why the scripture says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. We need each other. I can't do this alone. I have the word of God, and, I, and even though I have the word of God, and I'm, and I'm trying to do my best, pastor, to live for God, I still get discouraged. And I still need a brother or sister to encourage me and lift me up. I still need to hear a good word. That's why we come together. That's the purpose of this. It's not about work. It's not about putting in our time. It's about wanting God to move. It's about believing for God for things. I know I'm not the only one. I know you guys have things that you're wanting, things that you don't see, things that you think might be impossible, truly impossible. You have loved ones that are strung out on drugs. And you're saying, God, you need to touch them. That's the miracle, folks. 
That's facing the Red Sea and the Egyptians on the other side. These impossible things. This is where our walk with God and this is where our relationship with God is, is we are to be building on that faith to believe in those things and walking in those things. Because that's where our relationship and our walk with God began with. Look, when you first came to the Lord, did you see yourself where you're at right now? You didn't. When you first came to the Lord, you were broken. You had nothing. And you just wanted a change. You wanted, to, you wanted to be something else. You had nowhere else to go, but you wanted something else. And you came to God and you cried out to God and you believed in God. And you believed in God and you told the pastor, you said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name because I believe God is going to change me. I believe that that old man is gone. I believe that that is dead, that those old times are passed away, that those old habits and those old addictions are gone. And that there's a new me that's out there. There's a new creature that's out there. There is something different. There is a new life. There is a restoration that's going to happen in my family. I believe that. And so you asked your pastor, baptize me in Jesus' name. And you were filled with the Holy Ghost and you spoke with other tongues. That's by faith, church. That doesn't happen unless you believe, unless the sinner comes and believes that God is going to change and perform a miracle. I have to admit, a few weeks ago, I said, I told them my church, I said, I want to see miracles. Yeah. Brother Harold had to remind me, he said, each and every one of us is a miracle. <laughs> I said, you're right. Each and every one of us is a walking miracle. Because if we look back at where we came from, we are a miracle. And we are a testimony to everybody else out there, to everybody in this world, to our family members that knew us the way we were. But we came to this walk by faith. We started by faith. Sometimes what begins by faith can be turned. It can be changed, like I said. It becomes a routine. It becomes a habit. It becomes work. Right? The children of Israel, they began so well. But then, Mo but then Moses left. Well, Moses is gone. Where is he at? Well, I don't know. What about this God that we serve? I don't know. Let's make one. Let's make a God. <laughs> Aaron, you're the priest. You're his brother. Make us a God. Give us something we can see. Show us something. And so he gets to work. And he says, here it is. This is your God. This is what brought you out of Egypt. I know it sounds ridiculous because when I went in my Bible study and we read over this, I remember each and every one of us were like, this is, this is absolutely crazy. Why, why would you ever think that a cow, that this calf brought you out of Egypt? How could you ever think something that ridiculous? But it's not ridiculous if you think about it because we do the same thing. A lot of the time we do the same thing. What we began 
believing in a miracle, believing that God would change this wretched creature that we are and transform to believing in something that we can see, to believing in work, to believing that church is nothing merely more than, I'm here, pastor. I've, I, 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 I'm attending today. I've made it. I walked through the door. I've done my, I've done my thing. There's so much more that God has for the church. There's so much more that we have in our relationship with God that God wants to show us and he wants to perform these miracles. He wants to save these loved ones. He wants to perform these healings and these miracles. But we've got to get back to being like Abraham. We've got to read these things in the word of God. We've got to hear these messages and we've got to say, I believe it. I believe it. I don't see it. I don't see it working, but I believe it. Of all the, of all the things you can read through the Gospels, one after the other, one chapter after the other, miracles, miracles perform, miracles perform, miracles perform. Jesus raising the dead, miracles being performed. And yet we will still doubt that God can perform that miracle. We will still doubt that God can perform that healing. Even though, if you read these gospels, they're just about on every page. Miracle after miracle. Let me finish reading Romans. Romans chapter 4. Even as David describeth the blessedness, this is 4 and 6, even as David describe, also describeth the blessedness of the man to whom God imputeth righteousness without works saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Church, we need to have our sins washed away. We know, we know that when we are walking in works, when it's our deeds, when we come to church and it is just, yeah, I'm here, I, I made it through the door, that we're not where we should be in our walk with God. We're not. If it becomes a difficulty and a chore and a bother to be in the house of God, we're not where we should be in our walk with God. We need to go back and do those first works again. We need to go back and find that altar. We need to go back and have our sins forgiven. We need to walk in his spirit. Because you're either going to be in one or the other. I like simple analogies. I like simple analogies. We're either going to be living by our works or we're going to be living by faith. We're either going to be trusting in God or we're going to be trusting in ourselves. It's one or the other. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. John chapter 6, verse 25. 
And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered and said, answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. He says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him, hath God the Father sealed. They said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? See, their mindset was in what do we do? What can we do for God? Jesus, in verse 29, he answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe? What dost thou work? They still want to see something. He said, our father did eat manna in the desert as it, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus saith unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He said, what do we do? What's the work of God? What, what do we do? He said, believe. This is what you need to do. You need to trust in me. You need to put your confidence in me. He says, if you do that, you're never going to hunger. Now, what does that mean? That we're not going to want to eat anymore? No. We're not going to desire anything else out there anymore. Nothing out in the world are we going to desire anymore. We have the Lord. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Everything we need, church, everything we need, we have in Jesus Christ. Everything we need, we have in a relationship with God. Everything we need, we have in our walk with God. It's all, it's all right here. It's all putting your trust and your confidence in God. I told my wife, I said, it's getting, it's getting kind of tight in our house. <laughs> With three, it's getting, it's getting tight in that house. And you know, Pastor Larry, there's been a few times where we've, we've gotten real estate agents. We went out and we've, we've looked at homes. We've done the search and just wasn't anything that, that worked. It just didn't fit. And, um, said, the Lord knows. I mean, as you can see, uh, anybody that's been looking for a house right now knows that the prices just keep going up and up and up and up. But I'm going to believe that the Lord is going to provide something. The Lord has a way of working, right? Right? If you were one of the children of Israel and 
You were being chased by the Egyptians and you saw the Red Sea on one side and the Egyptians on the other side. You really don't have many options, do you? You would look and you would throw your hands up like this and say, what, what do we do, right? Who can swim, <laughs> right? Who can swim or who can fight, right? Let's stand and fight, let's swim. But the Lord has another way. He had a third option that nobody ever probably had ever crossed anybody's mind, right? And even though things in our life, we, we look at these things and we say, there's, there's no way at all. Like, right, the housing prices. I was talking to Katie before we, you know, we were getting ready for church. She's like, she's like, I don't know if they're going to go back down. I said, they're going to go back down. <laughs> Something will happen. Something's going to happen. But yeah, um, there's always that third way. There's always that miracle that's going to be performed. And that's where we live as a church. We perform that miracle. I told you before, my brother, very sick, he's got Crohn's disease, and it's, it's bad. Like, like the, he can't even take over-the-counter medication anymore. He needs to go to the hospital, and um, the, the prognosis from the doctors is not very, is not very good. This is, in their mind, this is something he's going to have to live with the rest of his life. And he's going to struggle with this, right? Even the most optimistic doctor, right? They can say, hey, you can have a surgery. It might come back. There's, not, there's nothing you can really do. It's... But there is a third way. There is another way. And that's what's written in this book. Yeah. It's the other way. It's the miracle that's going to be performed. It's the healing that the doctors don't know about, that the doctors don't believe in, that they don't see, that even people around him don't see. It's, it's the other way. I've got a guy at work. And I know we've seen guys like this. I know you've been around them. Anybody, any guy that's been around, seems like every other word is a foul word. Um, so much anger, blood pressure so high, I, I think he's going to drop dead every single time I talk to him. <laughs> his, you know, he's, he's, he's just so, and in my flesh, Pastor Larry, I look at him and I think, that's going to have to be a parting of the Red Sea <laughs> to reach a man like this. It really is. I was, I was talking to him this week, and I was just, I was just saying in my mind, as he was, he was yelling, his face was getting red, and he was cursing, not at me, but just about work, you know, just in general. And, and I'm thinking, I want to see this man saved. It's the only way that's going to stop this. I mean, this, this guy, he looks like he's about to have a heart attack talking to me. And, and without God, there is no other way. There is no other way. I've tried to, you know, I, I, I've gotten good at, at talking to people. I can try to calm people down. You know, I can, hey, you know. Um, but I was doing all I can, Pastor Larry, and, and guess what? It wasn't working. <laughs> Everything I said just seemed like he was getting more and more infuriated. And he was saying crazy things. 
crazy, crazy, crazy things. You're just going to have to trust me. I can't say it. But he, he was saying some pretty crazy things. And I was trying to talk him down. And, but um, it's a miracle. It's going to take a miracle. It's going to take that, that Abraham believing in what you don't see. Looking up at the sky and looking at the stars and saying, that's going to be my seed. I got a wife that's very old. Me, myself, I'm old. But I'm looking up at the stars and I'm believing that those are going to be the number of my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. It's a miracle. And that's what the church is about. That's what the church should believe in. That's what we should seek. That's what we should pursue are those miracles. We can look in our lives and look at the people around our lives. I know I gave you some examples of mine, but there are some in yours. Look at those, look at those impossibilities, those ones that you think, wow, they're, they're really out there. And it's going to take the hand of God. And those are the ones we need to be bringing up in prayer. Those are the ones. I'm guilty of it myself. I thought about this after we had prayer requests this before we started this service. I thought, I should have prayed for Adolfo. I should have prayed for that man. He should have been on top of my list. Even though he seems like the most least likely person to come to the Lord, he needs to be at the top of my list. Because I believe in a God that performs miracles. I believe in a God that does the impossible. That's what Abraham believed. That's what Noah believed. That's what Isaac and Jacob believed. That's what Joshua believed and Moses. They believed in a God that performed the impossible. And we believe in a God that performs the impossible. And to those that walk in this faith, he will perform those miracles. Praise the Lord, church.